Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, this is Lee Bright filling in for Tara on this President's Day. We've got uh, Jordan Pace on the line. He's a uh, from the upstate, but actually living in the low country and representing in, uh, I believe it's Berkeley County. Is that correct? That's correct. So tell us about this. I, I've got some messages from people all wound up about this health czar bill. Apparently the legislature's behind it, and if it does pass, you know, McBiden may sign it. Well, yeah, so there's there are two bills, one in the Senate, one in the House, and they're they're virtually identical. Uh, the House bill is 4927. It's called the Executive Office of Health Policy, and if that's not ominous enough for you. Uh, they didn't outright call it the Fauci bill, but that's basically what I'm calling it. Uh, essentially, what this bill purports to do is collapse all the various health agencies in South Carolina, so Health and Human Services, uh, Mental Health, the Mental Health Department, there's about almost a dozen of them. Is, is the guy one, with DHEC still wearing the gloves and the face shield? Yeah, the uh, the head of DHEC still wears N95 mask to every committee meeting that I've seen him in in the last two weeks. I haven't seen him wear gloves, so maybe he's maybe he's relaxed a little bit. But that's who's in charge of DHEC right now. And, and, Mc, and McBiden split. McBiden appointed him with with Senate confirmation, correct? Right. Well, yeah the 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 last time Government Master had an opportunity to change someone in charge of health policy in South Carolina, last year the, the chair of the DHEC board uh, became vacant, and he put in another pro, you know, uh, pro everything for the last three years, you know, uh, type of doctor who has maintained the recommendation on DHEC's website to go ahead and give three-month-old babies the the COVID-19 vaccine uh, or jab. I don't want to mis- misname it. So that's, he, he doesn't exactly have a great record, but this bill would say all of these organizations would be under one health czar is the best way to put it. And here's the craziest thing about it that I've seen so far. Other than outside of the, the vast powers that this job would entail, the fiscal impact uh, statement, which every every bill, every proposed law is supposed to have a fiscal impact statement, actually says that this bill is so big and vast that they really can't calculate how much it's going to cost, that they basically have no idea. Their best guess is it would cost about the same as it does now, but they really have no way of knowing. Uh, so literally it would be 
taking a shot in the dark. This might save us money. Probably not because everyone's said in subcommittee that no one's going to lose their job, but it's going to create this whole new vast, uh, vastly expanded health czar who's going to make you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at minimum, plus all of his new staff, his or her new staff. Uh, yeah, so it is not an encouraging side. Uh, there was no real discussion about it in subcommittee. It is likely going to come to the House floor in two weeks. Uh, we're on furlough this week, so there's no no action uh, taken on the floor. Uh, but uh, the the if this were enacted as written, this help czar would be able to make be the final decision maker for treatment options uh, for novel diseases. So if we if we come upon a another COVID scenario, it would be up to this person, not the legislature, to determine what hospitals' policies are supposed to be all across the state. And as written, there's no way for the legislature to hold this person accountable. There's no way to remove them from office like the, like, like we have most other uh, agency heads. Uh, it'll be totally up to go. Can, can y'all get it on the contested calendar in the house to keep it from the floor for a little oh, while yeah. or not? Y- Absolutely. It's yeah, we're, we're going to put on the contested calendar for sure. Uh, and there is, there's a decent amount of opposition, particularly among the freedom caucus, uh, to oppose this. But what we need from, from listeners is to call your, call your state rep and tell them you don't want this. Uh, so, the so government the, is not good at delivering. So the typical, in general. so the typical quasi conservative, House member who's afraid to get out from underneath his desk and join the Freedom Caucus will have to stand up on this one. So what, what they need to tell them, right? They need to they need to stand up on this, whether it's in caucus on the House floor, and tell leadership we don't want this. Uh, our constituents are going to uh, be very upset with us if we. Who's, who's sponsoring? Who's sponsoring it over in the House? Anybody from the Upstate a co-sponsor on the bill? Uh. I don't think there's anybody from the upstate that's co-sponsored. The lead sponsor is Herb Kersman from down in Beaufort. Really? Uh, yeah. And there's only three or four co-sponsors on the bill, uh, one of them being the speaker. So that's why it's moving. Wow. But we saw the pressure work. I mean, just last week with the constitutional carry bill, we were moving full steam. The House was. We were being told, yeah, they're going to concur. This is the best we're going to get. But we got so many phone calls that, and, and emails and messages from constituents that eventually the kind of run the mill Republicans caved and and pushed back on the Senate. Yeah, you know, that's uh, it's great to hear bill. good news. I, I know uh, you mm-hmm. know I know Charlie James was was sending out an action call on that, and I was on his show, and Terry was involved. You know, I, I tell you, it is a um, it's amazing if the people will, will get engaged and pay attention. It's just so hard to get their attention. But I appreciate you doing that because it's uh, I got like I, said, I got text over the weekend and uh, people are, are are trying to to get engaged on this. But that is that is that I just we have it, it's we have a speaker that that is really he, he's got such strong Democrat tendencies. It, it is it's it's just painful to watch. Well, you know. These guys have been in there for twenty, almost thirty years. Some of them uh, in leadership, and they're—I think it becomes a bubble, like they're in an echo chamber where all they hear is the lobbyists and the other 
people in leadership that have been there for 20, 30 years. Well, you hope they'd be Republicans hope they'd be and Democrats. Old enough to, to care about people's liberty and freedom, but they don't. But, but Jordan Pace, I appreciate you calling in, and we need to get the word out. Uh, um, hopefully, um, listeners will take heed and, and get to their representatives. What's the bill number? It's a 4927 is the bill number. 4927. We'll spread the word. Jordan Pace, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate right, thanks. it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, this is Lee Bright filling in for Tara. I have uh, neglected the text messages, and I'm getting some question as to why I'm doing that from uh, from texture. So I'll, I'll go through some of these texts. Uh, I guess they they've uh, it says Lee. Every member of the South Carolina House and Senate that voted for the new law to punish veterans should be replaced. The new veterans license plate law and 100% disabled veterans tax free home status. The new law went in effect in 22 has been a nightmare to me. That's from a, a veteran, I'm sure. And um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, the Republicans put themselves at a disadvantage on purpose, hold Republicans accountable, but not the Democrats, open primaries, cheating in elections, and, and since there's no responsibility in the elections, that, that this is uh, someone complaining about the election process, which I tell you, this – I've got a lot of friends that that are Republicans, and we've we've stayed friends that that just they don't like Trump, and you can tell in the conversation that they don't like Trump, and they're all blind to this cheating. And I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, you'll never convince me that that presidential election wasn't stolen. I mean, that, that's just mind boggling. And you know whether you like Trump or not, you got to admit the obvious. I mean, there's no way Joe Biden got that many votes. All that stuff in the middle of the night, I, I just I would never believe that. Um, but uh, back back to the text, uh, Lee, please list names of every candidate you'd recommend. Too many people don't know. Well, I tell you, I uh, I, I just like to tell people how they they vote, and I, I did find out that 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 amendment on the abortion bill. I, I got a text back from Mark Corral. The only people that that voted right on that were Brian Anderson, Richard Cash, and and Billy Garrett. So, you only had three senators that voted right on that out of out of forty six. I mean, it's it's so easy in the Senate because there's so few doing the right thing. On the House, it's a little more difficult. You know, I, I, a lot of times I talk about the Freedom Caucus just because, you know, most of the good guys are in the Freedom Caucus. The rest of them vote right sometimes, 
But for the most part, the Freedom Caucus is, is where it's at on the House side. We don't have that on the Senate side. Like I mentioned before, there were four senators that voted against the uh, um, Green New Deal in South Carolina, and that would be, uh, as I said before, Shane Martin, Tom Corbin, Richard Cash, and Danny Verdon. That's the four. So nobody did right on the constitutional carry. They all voted to uh, – it was unanimous consent. So you don't have to worry. It was unanimous. They all voted wrong. So on the House side, you know, Jordan Pace was just on. Jordan Pace is 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 a, a young man. You know, I said that we don't want, you know, these people that all they want to do is politics. Well, he's a young man that got into politics early. But I tell you, he is I, – I pray he never changes. He's as solid as a rock. You know, I hope I live long enough to see him be governor one day. He is a uh, he is a solid individual that is grounded, and I you know he everybody nobody's perfect, but he's one of the best we got down there. Jake Hillmartin is is solid as a rock. I mentioned Thomas Beach before. You know, Rob Harris. Um, we got a lot of good guys doing the right thing. I mean, it's uh, you know we we had and of course. They get mad at me when I criticize them, but you know we Chumley and Burns voted for a few budgets. I wasn't happy with them. I, I've got got disappointed with them at times, but they have really bucked up and and been solid, and they're paying a price for it. I mean, they're coming after the leadership is coming after everybody. He, he talk, the speaker sponsored this deal to have a Fauci in South Carolina. If it were not for Freedom Caucus, that thing would fly through. And Lord help us on the Senate side. We're in a mess. It's bad. I, I, I wish I could. Uh, there's not words to express how bad it is. I mean, we're in a. We're, I, I, I used to say we had a purple legislature, but not, it's, it's pretty close to blue. And were it not for the Freedom Caucus, which they're trying to exterminate, were it not for the Freedom Caucus, you wouldn't know it. You'd just find out when, the, when your health czar was on TV with his gloves and his face shield telling you that you're going to be locked up by Henry McMaster, who never shut down the government except for or shut down the people during COVID, shut down the state. He says he didn't in his commercials, but I know people that got tickets for trying to open their restaurants just trying to make a living right in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So I thank God for Ike's Grill for trying to stand up for their rights. But Henry McMaster is no protector of liberty and freedom. He is opportunity lost. Ten years as governor, he could have left a legacy in this state. And what have we got left? He shut down the state. We got a Green New Deal. I mean, and I, Henry is, I'll tell you, I, I spent, when he was lieutenant governor, he'd come in, and I, that, there's not a more cordial, friendly, entertaining. I mean, he's just a, the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. But I do not want him protecting my liberty because he ain't going to do it. We did shut down. We blocked. We blocked boat ramps to get on the lake. We needed a beacon of freedom, and we didn't have it. And that's my disappointment with Trump. Trump didn't force us to shut down. Henry did what he was told. Trump told him to shut it down. He shut it down. And this thing. I, 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 and I said this from the very beginning, and I'm a germaphobe. People know me know I'm a germaphobe. I don't, I don't like to get sick. I don't like colds. I don't like people, other people's germs. I'm just telling you. So the only germs I don't worry about is mine because there's nothing I can do about them. i got to deal with those. But, uh, but I'm telling you, this, this thing of the Constitution is for all times, and you cannot lock up the well. 
You cannot tell people they can't go to re- and and go around and be out and about. I mean, this thing. When I, the first time I saw Fauci's face, I saw evil, and that is, and I, you know, that that's just discernment. And I'm telling you, that is one of the most evil human beings I've ever seen in my life. So, but anyway, I I, I want to get these texts. I, I'm, I'm on a tirade because this health health czar thing has got me so wound up, and the fact that a Republican speaker sponsored it is just obscene. Somebody texted in, how do we get rid of a speaker? Well, your Republican legislature puts puts them in. And actually, in South Carolina, the Democrats get to vote for the speaker, too. Now, it's supposed to – now, I, I don't know if the House has changed it, but it used to be, you know, whatever it was on the floor. And I know on the on the federal level, I was told that the um, – whatever the Republican caucus agrees to, that's who the speaker is. I don't know how that works on the, on the state level. I'm not in the House now. I wish we had Jordan Pace. We could have asked him. But the bottom line is it is a um, – it, it's a bad situation we're in. This is an election year. The whole House, the whole Senate's up. Don't worry about the federal elections. They're going to take care of themselves. We're about the state. I mean, we're not – I think you're going to have a competitive race down in Mesa's district. I think they're going to spend a ton of money trying to get her out and uh, good riddance because she is not on anybody's side. I mean, she is Nikki Haley, and it's so funny to watch her criticize Nikki Haley. But she doesn't have any real core principles. She is the the most political, advantageous member of the of the uh, congressional delegation we have. So if they they run her out, I'm all for it. But I think on on the federal level, and then of course you, now you've got Duncan left, so you'll have some attention there. But if you're in the fourth congressional district, I don't I don't know how competitive that's going to be. But I'm telling you, if you, the state house races and the state senate races are where you can have the most impact because it doesn't take a million dollars to win those. But uh, I, I hear the music going. I think I've gone a little over. But uh, this is Lee Bright filling in for Terry. I'll try to get some more of these texts. we got uh, former uh, Lieutenant Governor Andre Bauer on next to talk about AI and, and some of the, the, the dangers we face there. So uh, we'll be back shortly. Hello, this is Lee Bright filling in for Tara. Uh, we've uh, got Andre Bauer on the line to talk a little bit about AI and the dangers that, that may be posed from those that don't wish the best for us. Good morning, Lee. Senator. How you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Andre was, let me tell you, Andre was outstanding as lieutenant governor. He, he did, I think he did the most with the job that anybody could have done. Thank you. I had a little more time than most. There's only been four two-term lieutenant governors in the history of the state. Well, Andre ruled a lot of fees out of order. He, uh, he, every time there was a judgment call, you could count on him leaning towards the, the right side. And uh, one thing he did was he would recognize some of us uh, bomb-throwing freshmen that uh, a lot of lieutenant governors ignore. Well, truth be told, when it came to 46 senators and they were raising the tax on your, um, used to be eight bucks to register your car. Now I think it's 40 something. And, um, and <clears throat> to get a new license, all those fees, when they raised them, they did it illegally to the Senate. You know that because I came off the podium and you were the only one I could get to raise the point of order. Even when we had a Republican controlled Senate, none of them wanted to go against the chairman of Senate finance and the whole gallery full of supporters for the bill. And so the Republicans illegally let them raise 
tens of millions of dollars in taxes on the, the people that are registering cars and getting license plates in this state, and it's not supposed to be done. You're not supposed to raise taxes in the Senate, but a Republican-controlled Senate did it, and uh, you were the only one that would raise the point of order. Well, you know, that that was – and I think – and you know what? I remember now – I'm thinking back because Kevin Bryan actually raised the point. He and I were talking about it, and I said, am I going to do it or are you going to do it? And he did it. And then we – I voted with them not to remove you. I don't know how many votes you had. But uh, the only time I was in eight years, it was the only time the ruling was right, but right. they wanted the taxes so bad. Only time I was ever removed from the chair for a ruling. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, and and uh, I, I forget that. I think only a dozen of us voted with you, and the rest of them. Yeah, not many voted. Um, they let them do it. I'm oh yeah, some some lawyer hadn't tried to do a class action lawsuit on behalf of the people of South Carolina for an illegal tax that was added. It's amazing, and and I I think that's the only time. It may have been the only time in in my eight years that Lieutenant Governor was removed. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, but you showed a lot of guts there, and I tell you that the difference you would have made if you'd have been Governor versus Nikki Haley. I I, I wish that that would have. I wish well, we could we redo that. Obama wouldn't have been letting. Uh, we wouldn't have had resettlement programs. We wouldn't have raised the gas tax. We wouldn't have lost the Port of Charleston business. We wouldn't have let Savannah dig their port digger and start stealing our companies like Porsche that used to deliver their cars on the east coast of the port of Charleston instead of Savannah. Um, there'd be a lot of different things that would have uh, transpired, but that's water under the bridge. I'm blessed. I got a little four-year-old and life is different now, and I'm thankful for the opportunities and the friendships I made in General Assembly. I consider you one of them. And uh, just a different path, a different course that God had me on uh, charted for well and you never know what the future holds but tell us about this ai thing i i i'd um you know obviously what do you think of the concerns with china you know being involved well, with with the I, technology I start back by this i can remember people talking years ago that you know, we had so much manufacturing especially in the upstate that um a lot of times they'd have these big trade shows and of course all our companies would participate and we'd have the latest and greatest um equipment there and that the Chinese started coming over. That's when they started getting more advanced camera systems and they come and they take pictures of everything. They go back and replicate it because they're not good at innovation. They're good at replication. And they started duplicating essentially the machines we had. And lo and behold, they've become the epicenter of manufacturing now. And our manufacturing to a large degree is gone. And when you look back at World War Two, uh, especially, Germany really had the superior manufacturing of anybody. Their engineering, when you look at uh, the planes they were building, they just didn't have the capacity and the magnitude of what we could produce at the same time. Their equipment was unbelievable. They had su superior uh, technology, but to a large degree, they weren't able to turn out the numbers that the sheer Americans with the plants and the workforce um, that we're able to switch from things like auto manufacturing to planes and tanks. Um, and we don't have that capability at the level we used to now. It's quite scary. Um, and so we've got to, we've got to do all we can to prevent foreign investment in U.S. tech firms that aid our adversaries like China. Look, I'm not here to beat on China. They're using better tactics and better use of their government. To, uh, to beat us in, in so many fields. I mean, they send their folks over here, and we educate them, then they go back and kick our behinds 
in whether it be engineering, uh, manufacturing, and you just go, golly, what's our leadership thinking? Microsoft alone has over 10,000 employees now in China. And OpenAI is basically a, a de facto subsidiary of Microsoft. And so they're getting so much of our information, our personal information, our technology. We've boosted China's rise through misguided, misguided trade policies that have gutted South Carolina manufacturing. And now when you talk about AI, you and I, even Elon Musk, can't imagine really the implications of what AI is going to allow people with bad intentions to do in the future. And so we've got to be uh, proactive in trying to prevent all we can from giving up that information. And so this is I think something that needs to be at the forefront of the legislative agenda. I've reached out to several Congress people in our own state. Um, we had several, I know a candidate DeSantis, Governor DeSantis signed the pledge that he would take an active role. Um, you know, China's producing 95% of all the rare earth minerals that are essential for American electronics, weaponry, renewable energy. It's a takeover of the next generation of technologies that could destroy any competitiveness that we've got. And when, we, when I've got a 40-year-old, I'm worried about the future. I'm also worried about from a safety standpoint. I mean, they're on a mission to control just the basic technologies. And when you think about that, it's hard to imagine, but whether it's self-driving cars, industrial automotive, uh, agriculture now, uh, the technology's growing and growing and growing. And so um, we're on a mission to try to get whomever the next president, and of course, I think y'all know pretty clearly who my choice is, that they'll commit. So you're supporting Haley, right? <laughs> I, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, I only know of one person that has held that office, that is seeking that office again, that's gotten something done, that we had no boots on the ground for new wars, that we reduced taxes at an incredible rate, and the economy was on fire like it never been before. When you look at minorities, whether you look at African-American, whether you look at uh, Latino, the, the rate of employment was one of the best rates it's ever been in the history of our country. When you look at the fact that we had a secure border, that we weren't having to decide whether we were men and women in sports, we knew what we were before we went to school. Nobody had to tell us to identify or change a gender. We weren't fighting for what type of books were in schools. It's utterly amazing. One person... And look, you don't have to like him personally, but sometimes people with backbone, people with callous, people that are willing to fight, aren't the people you want to hang out with every day. They're not your best buddy. I'm not looking for a best buddy. I'm looking for leadership. I'm looking for yeah, people that's that exactly Kim, right. Jong, yeah. Kim Jong, Putin, the rest of them go, I respect him, and I don't want to get in the toe-to-toe with him. The, 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 the media, which misled us, said, oh, he's going to get us in another war with Kim Jong. No, he goes in the middle of the night, goes over to neutral ground, meets with him, neutralizes him for the rest of his presidency. We never heard anything more. We heard all this about creating nuclear warheads and all kinds of things we were supposed to be worried about, and he tamed him. He tamped him down, as a leader should do. Look, he was respected around the world. They might not all like him, but when you haven't been paying your fair share of billions of dollars into agreements, whether it be uh, NATO, and all of a sudden the president says, hey, we're done with this. If you don't pay your fair share, we're not going to honor our agreement anymore. And of course, the agreement was set up after World War II, and we already pay a disproportionate share as American taxpayers. But my goodness, the agreement that was cut back then 
you know, decades ago, at least you need to be honorable and pay your fair share. And all these other countries weren't. And so we got out of the Paris Climate Accord. We got out of UNICEF. I mean, boom, boom, boom. And it's billions and billions and billions of dollars that so many people in elected office benefit from, i.e. people like Hunter Biden or when people's spouses get special provisions to make millions of dollars on military contracts because you've had a government office. That's not what it's supposed to be about. So it concerns me. But we've got to look at how things like Microsoft's do you AI have time? Do you have time to, uh, Lieutenant Governor Andre Bauer? Do you have time to talk on the other side of the break? We we got a break coming up, but sure. I, I'd like to get into the AI a little more if we could. Okay. Do uh, you, you have time for us or no? Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. We'll be back with Andre Bauer on the other side of the break. Talk a little bit about AI, and also we we kind of slipped into the old times, and uh, also into Trump, and and talked a little bit about Nikki Haley. But uh, I, I wanted to get back to the AI. So uh, so you're, I think you've written an op-ed too, just trying to get some shine some light on the the potential threats with China and AI as far as as uh, getting that technology and what they could do with it. That's correct, Lee. Um, we really. We've got to reassess where we are as a country. I mean, that's real leadership. And when you're letting your adversaries get a leg up on you on something of this magnitude, you need to be concerned. You know, when you look at Microsoft, they run the main AI lab, Microsoft Research Agent that trained the technologies who are now sanctioned by the U.S. government for national security and human rights concerns. So when you talk about that, you talk about the, the tens of thousands of people that we're employing over there and the magazine, you know, when you look at Apple, they're building almost all their equipment over there. It, it just, this is something that has, um, is, is something that's got to be addressed. Apple's blocked all the key apps and tools such as airdrops at the request of the CCP. Why would you do that? Why would you take all those blocks apps that keep nefarious people from looking. Microsoft partnered with China on state media, which pushes the anti-American and, um, and builds software to spread their message. Again, why would American companies do this with our adversaries? I'm not, again, bashing another country, but these are questions we've got to ask, and we've got to, as leaders, whether it be media leaders or elected leaders, We've got to take action to protect our own folks. That's what government, look, a lot of things government does, I'm not for. But protecting its citizens is at the forefront of what our Constitution was set up for. A lot of the stuff we're doing in government, we shouldn't have any tentacles in whatsoever. But protecting citizens, whether it be on your border, whether it be AI, any way you can get into them. Look, it's like a TV. There's a lot of people you wouldn't let in your living room, the TV lets come in. Um, are, are, are congressmen receptive to this? Or are they? Is this something they're paying attention to? You said you've talked to several of them. Are you getting good feedback? I talked to Congressman Russell Fry the other day, and he was looking over it to see what uh, what type of action they could engage in. Um, and so I'm going to talk to other members of our delegation as well. Um, when you've got Amazon licensing its iCloud services to companies connected with the Chinese government, again, questions need to be asked. Provisions need to be made that we take all the precautionary measures we can to make sure that uh, 
our interests are most served. And I think it's a huge red flag and a national security threat. You think this is on um, Trump's radar, this AI situation? Is this something you think uh, he's... Well, I, you, from time to time, he'll discuss issues about China, and he's touched on this. Um, and so I, I think a lot of people are just becoming aware, people like you that are kind enough to talk about it on their show. Um, but we've got too many companies and, and people, quite frankly, in government where profits come first. And they realize China's a massive opportunity. Um, and to play ball in China, you got to follow their rules. And so, sadly, American companies are willing to forego um, safety in our own country just for that almighty dollar, which is scary. And that's where the government, as much as I'm not a big government guy, government's got to step in. And we've been, and we've been doing that for 30 years. With China, for 30 years, we have given them technology. We've allowed them to, to basically... And, and it's, it's, it's one thing if, if it was a country that, that had some sort of, of similar values, but they, the, the, the CCP does not. I mean, they yeah, are dangerous. You're exactly right. Look, if it's, if it's one of our friends, somebody that's an ally, that's one thing. But when it's somebody that is only moved by money and their own self-interest... Um, they're an adversary in so many fronts, and they're someone that needs to be reckoned with because they are becoming a bigger and bigger superpower every single day. Well, you, I, I believe, and I, I said this before, I believe the election was stolen. But but that being said, were it not for the Wuhan flu, Trump would have had the greatest presidency probably in history. Of I mean, the, the Wuhan flu and, and the... Um, what they did with you know the money that was spent, just 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 absolutely in the helicopter money that was thrown all over this country that just destroyed our economy with inflation. None of that would have hey, happened. Before I go, I want to make sure I'm interrupting you, but I want to make sure I yeah. don't forget one of Spartanburg's own. She used to bring me up to, to host or get out the award for the Miss South Carolina today is Rita Allison, former state representative, served so many years. Rita Allison's birthday today. Well, happy birthday, Rita! I see her from time to time, and that's uh, yeah. She's she's been 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 a uh, icon for a lot of years. She's she's Miss Spartan Mrs. Spartanburg. So anyway, I just wondered. No, I was thinking. About and it and, and you know, you say that, but you know, she's she was very involved with the Miss South Carolina pageants for years, and may, probably still yeah, is. Yeah, she used to have me come up every year when they were in Spartanburg. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.